Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. on tap i'm your host brandon suarez you can follow me on twitter at bdon 300 today i'm joined by my co-host ethan wiles we're going to break down this weekend's football game against toledo a little bit of a uh, a skim through of the basketball game we were not able to attend but we will touch on it after the football preview but first and foremost let me check in with ethan ethan how are you today brother i'm good it's crazy to think we're talking about game five of six already uh senior and morning i guess it is at uh, husky stadium on saturday against the rockets obviously a big game we uh we've touched on it since last year with the uh the ross bowers hit so obviously kind of a meaningful game there and just outside of that too i think always toledo is kind of a, a big game for us and now they come to our turf and an opportunity for us to get our first win of the season and i really think this is a big opportunity for the huskies to do that on saturday yeah and it's a team that we beat last year it's a team that is two and two this year not necessarily in the best shape. I don't really think they're in the running for the MAC right now. They're in fourth place in the MAC West, so they're kind of that middle of the pack team towards the bottom. They bring back running back Bryant Kobach and quarterback Eli Peters. It's an offense that we're not, you know, unfamiliar with, but maybe the younger players may not be as familiar with this offense. But it's a team that is definitely beatable. And we just have to be able to play our game. I mean, you just look at the way this offense has been able to move the ball successfully. They've been able to feed Tyrese Richie week in and week out. And one thing that I didn't even really talk about that was touched on in last week's postgame press conference was, you know, everyone was asking about Dwayne Eskridge, Dwayne Eskridge this, Sky Moore that, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, the whole broadcast, everybody in the news, everyone was talking about these prospects. Tyrese Richie was on the other side of the field. And if I'm not mistaken, he had the best of the three as far as a game. I mean, statistic wise and just considering how much that, the you know, the team depends on him. I mean, Western Michigan, if Eskridge isn't doing well or Moore isn't doing well, they usually have another guy to step in. Granted, on Saturday, we were able to, you know, kind of utilize Dennis Robinson in a role that he hasn't really seen this year where he became that number two receiver. Tyrese Ritchie is making a case for top three receiver if not one of the best if not the best in the mac and he does it week in and week out he does it quietly i even asked him about that the guy goes 
Tyree said, and I quote, I don't even check the stats after the game, bro. And I'm just like, dog, I love this team. I love the mentality they have. You know, he could get he could give two shits if he has 15 catches for 150 yards, because at the end of the day, he didn't get the win. And that is what he wants. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just another product of this offense that I think once they get rolling, we've seen it this season, too, where once they get rolling, it's like nothing can stop this. They get in a groove early and it's like, OK, we have a we have a shot. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be another big key to this game on Saturday is how quick this NIU offense comes out. Uh, I really liked Coach Hammock's approach in the first half. I think things kind of taken a turn in the second half a little bit. I think we've touched on that as well. But I really like the way we've come out in these couple weeks. And now if we just sustain those drives in the second half, I really don't see how this team can lose. Yeah, and it's two winnable games. One of the things that we talked about, you know, before we wrapped up the other day was that we have to finish the season 2-0. and And when I say that, obviously, we're throwing the other four games out the window but I talked to Coach Hammock about that in the press conference. I asked him, I go, with so much to be played for over these next two weeks, you know, the season may not have gone our way, but what are some goals that you have for the team for the rest of the season? And Ethan, you're going to love this. First thing he said, well, we got to go 1-0 and this week. And I just was like, I, I wasn't on video. I could see Coach, and I know Coach knows that that's one of our favorite sayings. So put that right in my veins. It starts this week. We are honestly turning the page, I think, on the rebuild, and it starts this week. Like I'm, I'm gonna that is that is gonna be the title of this episode. The rebuild ends because the winning starts this week. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's what a better way to do it than against Toledo on your home turf, the last home game of the season. So, and an even better opportunity next week to really end the season on a high note with Eastern Michigan. I know we're looking ahead, but. Yeah, I love what Coach Hammock said. Going 1-0 each week is something we hammer home every podcast, every whether it be Notre Dame, whether it be NIU. I'm sure you do it on the Bears podcast as well. So something that we've just kind of branded. And, um, I mean, it's true. It's true. I think this team is right there. This team can't look ahead. They can't look back on these four games. I mean, they've played really good football games in these last four, in the, in the first four of this season. And I know we've touched on this a lot, but there is so much to look forward to on this football team. And, once they get it all together, this will be a dangerous football team. I hope that it's this Saturday against Toledo. I hope that we can walk out of Husky Stadium on Saturday with our first win of the season and looking to build upon that going into next year. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because they actually had in the press conference, uh, Daverne Rainier was in there and they also had Harrison Way Lee. And I asked Harrison, I go, you know, you guys got to talk about it in the locker room, you know, the underclassmen about what the future is going to look like. You got to look at it like this. We bring a team of, I think my number may be off. I have to pull up the notes, but I believe it is 83 freshmen on game day. Okay. We're hanging with Western Michigan. We're hanging with ball state, both down to the last possession. They didn't really find their way against central Michigan. And outside of the crazy, crazy third quarter that happened against Buffalo, they hung with Buffalo all night too. So from a talent standpoint, the team definitely has it. Not saying they're undisciplined, but when you first get to that college level, you can't, it, it, you don't just win right away. And with a young team, it's going to take time to develop. And the way Harrison answered that is, you know, right now we're just trying to take care of what is ahead 
but they do, you know, there is kind of a feeling that they do know that they're going to pop eventually. Like, look at it like like how I said, Ethan, 83 freshmen. I know we're 0-4, but progressively week in and week out, this team has gotten better. I, I agree. I think if you look outside of the box scores and outside of this 0-4 record, you really look back at these first four games of the season, you see a lot of positives. Obviously, you don't see the winning outcome at the end of the game, but, I mean, if you really watch every play you're watching every snap whether it be espn we're lucky enough to be there for all the home games so you know we get that close-up view but if you look really in depth at this football team there is so much to look forward to going into next year i think once you get this team a full off season of getting stronger in the weight room getting smarter in the classroom and even getting better on the field this summer will be a huge step forward for this football team and you know that coach hammock is going to have this team ready come the fall next year Yeah, and that's the one thing that I'm most excited about. I know, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we'll have regular paying media jobs by then. And if we can work NIU into our coverage, would love to do that. But, you know, we may not be here when that happens, but we will find a way on tap, may still have Huskies on tap with a couple different voices. We don't know. We can't forecast the future. But what we can forecast about the future is this Huskies team is going to be successful and Whether we're here to cover it for you or not, just realize that these days are not going to last forever. 100%. I think that really shows a lot of what NIU's athletic programs are. I mean, we've seen programs here be built up from the bottom up. You know, I mean, we we just celebrated a cross-country conference championship a few weeks ago. Basketball season's just getting underway, and I really think basketball is another team in this uh, university that has a lot of bright spots and and they'll they'll find their way i think that there's a lot of a lot of good things to come from this athletics program and football is just another one thing and the fans know it i think everyone in the locker room knows it i think everyone at this university knows that this football team will get better they have the talent too and i really think we have the coaching staff too as well yeah and i will say show note i mentioned it to you before the show Since the inception of this podcast, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, our first episode obviously was with McKelty Williams, former NIU safety, was back in January. So since the inception of this podcast, we didn't really consider ourselves a basketball school, so we won't count that. We have not recorded a win. And that's something we want to... Our win episodes are a lot more fun than our loss episodes, but... That's something that we want for those guys in that locker room more than anything. I mean, you look at the way they battled against Western Michigan last weekend, and, you know, it's a game you have control of the game for most of the game. You know, you're on the road. You're playing against a team that you're three touchdown underdogs against. And, you know, you come up just short. You're a couple plays. I guess you would say that's really just a theme. Like the same – I guess you would say it's the same tune – from the Ball State game where it's just there are a couple plays in the third and fourth quarter where you need an extra first down or you need a field goal or a touchdown. And that's the difference in what has been the difference for this team. We haven't been able to close out. Well, I think the third quarter, I think we finally got our first touchdown last week in the third quarter. So that that is step number one. you got to put points up in the third quarter. Coming out of half, if I could go back and look at what the scores were, at halftime of the first four games. I'd love to do that with the exception of central Michigan. I think three out of those four games were competitive at halftime. And I know for a fact, Buffalo was 
just another case of like you got to put points on the board in the third quarter and you got to find a way to stop their offense if if you come out and the offense doesn't score right away I mean you've got the defense has to get out there and and stop uh, the opposing offense as well so it's just a matter of finding a rhythm on offense in the third quarter coming out strong just like you did in the beginning of the game there's no major changes within the roster or the death chart everything is pretty much at the status quo Dave Vern Rainier will be starting at outside linebacker again you know still no sign of Lance DeVoe I would assume his season may be over, and unfortunately, unless he comes back for another year, his career at Northern Illinois. But, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. Was an unfortunate injury, but an opportunity for Daverne Rainier to step up, and he has done relatively well in that spot. The defense this week, I guess you could say, has the lowest powered offense in, you know, in comparison to teams like Buffalo, teams like Central Michigan teams like Western Michigan. I I wouldn't say Ball State has that crazy of an offense, but they know their identity and they run it well. This team is a team that we saw the, you know, we saw the meltdown against Western Michigan. We've seen a couple of their games this season, and I'm not going to say that they're going to go in and definitively win this game, but this is definitely a winnable game. Ah, whatever. I definitely called that shit earlier. We're definitely winning this game. I apologize about that. I forgot the the theme of the episode, the rebuild ends today because the winning starts tomorrow. I can't believe I already went against myself. So, yeah, we're not losing. Word to Jordan Belfort from uh, Wolf of Wall Street said so we're not leaving, we're not losing. But I just feel that Ross Bowers played arguably his best game last week. If he can build on that, if he can continue to you know feed Tyrese Ritchie, get Dennis the ball, let's get Cole involved this week, and let's get a little bit more from our line in our running game. The sky is the limit. I think we're getting our first win here at Husky Stadium on Saturday. Like I said, I mean, it's just a matter of finding a rhythm on offense. I think we've seen that in in spurts this season, and Ross is a guy that will get hot once he can get in the rhythm a little bit. And you mentioned three guys who have gotten their names called this season. Cole Tucker is obviously a guy who we've haven't really seen as much from last week he was really not out there in the offense so don't really know what uh, was up with that but we'll see what uh, coach hammock trots out there this week whether we'll see more of cole tucker on the offense we know we saw him on special teams but don't know what coach hammock will do on saturday we obviously will wait and see but one thing i do want to touch on is this defense for niu because i think one thing we've touched on every week so far is that there's always been one guy to focus on on the offense and this week you're looking at a team that has one, two, three, four, five, six guys that have over double digit receptions this season. So it's a team that likes to spread the ball out. They like to distribute it to different receivers. And this is going to be a huge week for the defensive backs. Will they finally get over the hump of the missed tackling issues? That's going to be key this week, bringing guys down in that defensive backfield and really just getting to the quarterback this week will also be a key threat for this NIU defense. Yeah, I think that's a great point because. As we've talked about, you know, with each pregame and each postgame, there's usually that one guy. With week one, you know, it was Jarrett Patterson. Against Central Michigan, it was Khalil Pimpleton and Kobe Davis. Uh, And and two, in week one, it was Antonio Nunn as well. And then against Ball State, we had to worry about Caleb Huntley and Justin Hall. And then last week, it was Dwayne Eskridge and Sky Moore. And then two, Caleb Ellaby was, you know, playing really good football going into that game. So, 
It's going to be interesting to see. I know Kobach's kind of their guy. They like to throw it to him out of the backfield as well. He's got 82 carries on the season for 334 yards and three touchdowns. And then he's got 19 catches for 184 yards. So he's got a long at 34. He's averaging 9.7 yards a pop. So an offense that plays a little bit different. They like to spread the ball out a little bit more and, and get everyone involved. But an offense that we should have no problem stopping and a great opportunity for this defense to build. I mean, I know they gave up 30 points last week, but for anyone that watched that game, I mean, Dwayne Eskridge is a clear mismatch for anybody on the the field in the MAC. I agree, and I think you touched on a a great quarterback in Caleb Ellaby last week. I want to pull up that stat that I took during the game because – NIU's defense really shut him down, and that was just another guy that we touched on that was going to be a dangerous threat last week. And I think, I don't remember what point in the game it was, but at what point, at one point, he was 6 of 13 with 90 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And going into the game, he was the leader in QB efficiency of all NCAA football. So NIU's defense is able to shut down good quarterbacks and when a running back is your leading receiver, that's really never a good sign. So I think it's, it's like I said, it, it comes down to making tackles this week, bringing down the quarterback, bringing down whoever has the ball and getting the offense in a rhythm. And I don't think NIU loses this game. So, yeah, on the season, Toledo brings an offense to DeKalb that scores 36.3 points per game, and they average 490 yards a game. So, again, Not stuff that we haven't seen. I mean, after seeing what Jarrett Patterson did last week against Kent State, I feel pretty good about this defense. Uh, Seeing a team give up 800 or not 800, 400 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. So this defense, whether it's the people that were the original starting 11 or the way that has changed throughout the weeks with some of the younger players making big plays, guys like Dave Vern Rainier, guys like Jordan Hansen, guys like Jordan Gandy, who, by the way, just got put on scholarship this week, which is another walk-on who earned his scholarship here just after a few games, the DeKalb native. So definitely a great moment and a great scholarship moment for him because I know uh, if you guys listen to our Brett Bostad episode, not everybody gets that moment, but he did, and he deserved it, and he's been playing out of his mind, like we said last week, NIU record five pass breakups in a game. So, I think one thing that's incredible is just how many guys that came to this program on a walk-on. Like, how many of these guys that they're putting on scholarship are making an immediate impact? Trayvon Rudolph, immediate impact. Jordan Gandy, immediate impact. Like, this is the talent that we have, and this is what the future has to hold for this football team. Like, I know it's not the success we've wanted going into the season. I know it's not the season we asked for, but realistically, like, look at these guys that are getting put on scholarship and look at the immediate impact they're making to this football team. Yeah, that just goes to show how great of a recruiter Coach Hammock is. And, you know, I was talking about this earlier with my dad and and, you know the thing is with a rebuilding college like it's destined to happen you know when you switch coaches out people transfer you know you got to get your new guys in you got to implement your system you got to get everything going and I mean we've talked about it on this podcast we're never going to say that this year is like a fake year or it's the COVID year so it doesn't count obviously everyone in that locker room everyone associated with the program ourselves included 
although we're not necessarily like directly associated or affiliated, but we cover them, wanted this team to compete for a MAC championship. And obviously we're not there, but you got to look at the future brightly. I mean, we're, we're going to keep eligibility on all of these guys with the exception of maybe some of the six years or some of the graduate, you know, students. And then the 2021 class is coming in and that's a very good class as well. So again, not to look too far ahead because as coach Hammock said, want to know every week we got Toledo this week and we just got to play our game. We can't let them get into their game. And I feel like, the way we've been able to hang the last two weeks against Ball State and Western Michigan is we have come out and we have set the tempo right away. And, you know, the, the defense feeds off that offense scoring on, on those quick score drives in the first quarter. Because one of the issues that we had leading up to this, you know, these last two games was the offense wasn't scoring early. We were going into the half with zero, nine, whatever, how many points. And, the last few weeks, it's been around 21 or, you know, 14, 17. So it's been good to see the offense get started earlier. Let's try and see if we can get a full four quarters of football out of them on Saturday. It's exactly what I touched on earlier. Hammock is great coming out of the fir- or coming out of the gate and really just finding a way to move the ball down the field on long drives. It's like, why can't we sustain that going forward? I mean, I think last week we scored on what, like uh it was at least an over 10 play drive. Like if you're able to utilize the clock and keep your defense off the field, let them get rested, you know, don't put them back out for you know three minutes. You know what I mean? Like if you're able to keep them out, get them rested and put them back out on the field after a long touchdown drive, I, I just don't see where the momentum doesn't shift back into Toledo's favor. Like we've seen it. And I know I've touched on it a lot this podcast, but if NIU gets going, they stay going. I think if Coach Hammett comes out aggressive on Saturday, it should be the same way coming out in the third quarter, whether or not you know we get the ball, whether or not we kick off to start the game, whatever it may be. This team just needs to come out firing on all cylinders, all four quarters. Yeah, and going into this matchup, the theme of this season, the underdog Huskies, they are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs against Toledo this weekend. And, I mean, again... It is illegal to bet on the Huskies in the state of Illinois, but if you do live outside of the state of Illinois, I feel like this is the week that you hit your ticket. I feel like this is the week that we win. I feel like everything has kind of fallen into place for this team, and they realize they only have two games left. They realize this could be the the last game that the seniors get to play at Husky Stadium in a weird year. Uh, From my understanding, I don't even believe – fans not fans but um family members will even be at this game so i think this game will be the most empty of the three i will either tweet something out if i see otherwise but from what i read when i skimmed through the game notes i believe it's just going to be media and then the two teams uh essential personnel yeah obviously things have kind of taken a turn backwards for just about everything with the covid world and we've seen it with Games getting canceled. We saw with the Ravens and Steelers being played today instead of last Thursday. Like that was pretty crazy in itself. So it's definitely a weird year. Um, it's just going to be a matter of like finding finding out who, what kind of team you are when you face adversity. And this team has faced a lot of adversity this season, from you know not really being able to have a full off season to not being able to have a full season. Like obviously you have the chance to play six MAC opponents. That's a huge opportunity. 
But when it comes down to it, at the end of the season, this team is going to look back on these six games as a learning opportunity, and they're going to get so much better going into next football season, and it starts this Saturday with Toledo. I really like the mentality we both have. The rebuild ends today because the winning starts on Saturday. Toledo, I think, does not stand a chance against NIU this this week. We we were able to pull out a, a big win against Western on senior night last year. I know big big day for you as well. I just feel like, like you said, this team knows what they have to do, what kind of game this means for the seniors, what kind of game this means for really the university just to finally get a win under our belt and get something going. Yeah, and I got a statement to follow that up. I'm going to put my meat on the table a little bit. But, hey, Sportsbook, take your nine and a half points and shove it because NIU is winning this game by a 1,000. I don't think I've busted out the NIU by a 1,000 on the podcast, but I'd like to welcome you to a completely other side of beat on 300, beat on 300 by a 1,000. Because once I hit that confidence in my team, it's a wrap every week. No matter how stacked the chips are against us, I will find a way to convince myself that that team is going to win. Probably not by a thousand because that's literally not possible in any of the major sports. I was going to say, we got your score prediction. NIU 1,000, <laughs> Toledo 0. That's Brandon's score prediction, everybody. Yeah, a thousand and nothing. We're pitching a shutout, too, but Ross I don't Ross know. Ross is throwing a thousand for 10. Screws a 300 for 3. I want to see some Fletchy, though, today. Uh, not today, but I want to see some Fletchy on Saturday, too. I want to see some... Uh, some of those packages where they don't want to run Ross and they put Flesher in and he's able to take a read option for 10 to 12 yards. That definitely gave us a boost there on Saturday. I think that brings up a whole nother topic too, that we, you know, whether we want to discuss it or not, we've talked about it, but you know, will we finally see depending on the game flow and how things go, you know, will we see Dustin Fletcher get more snaps as the quarterback, not just the read option guy? You know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on, too. We're nearing the end of that stretch. Last two games of the season, you want to get guys reps. But we don't know what goes on inside the locker room, and inside of, you know, the coaches' meetings, things like that. But until then, Ross is our guy, and I really think he's going to win us a football game on Saturday. It's my quarterback, bro. Yeah, I I feel like Ross, again, you know what? Since we're doing bold predictions today, we'll just kind of parlay this into the bold predictions. We'll do score predictions, player predictions, and then we're going to talk about the mess that was tonight's basketball game and what, you know, what the plan is moving forward with basketball. But football this week against Toledo, Ross Bowers put the stamp on this 300 yards, three touchdowns. It's going to be a high scoring game. I feel like somewhere in the 50s i feel like we're gonna end up on the higher side of that and it's going to finish northern illinois 35 toledo 24 and on defense mm, for defense i'm going to go with davern Rainier. and you know how last week he got his paws on a pick and he was not able to come down with it this week, that Husky's coming away with an interception, and maybe he'll finish it in the end zone. I love that pick. Uh, I was going to go with him on the defensive side of the ball as well. I think he's just the guy that is really stepping into a big role with big shoes to fill in Lance DeVoe, and he's done a great job so far uh, filling in in that spot. And it's just another thing we've talked about with this football team is just that next man up mentality. and especially in a weird year like this one, a lot of players are going to have to do that. And, and he's really stepped up and this will be a big week for him. So I'm going to side with you on that one. 
On the offensive side of the ball, I don't know how you can go against our guy, Tyrese Ritchie. I mean, this is going to be a huge day. NIU will want to get the rock out. I think Toledo's defense will have a hard time stopping him just like every other team has so far this season. I think it's going to help NIU. It's going to be a close game. I really do. I think it's going to be kind of a 24-17 kind of back and forth throughout the fourth quarter. But I do – you know what? I'll I'll ride off your pick as well. I think that pick six by uh, DeVern Rainier settles the game. 31-17 NIU wins. Yeah, and if you couldn't tell, we're just fuming with confidence right now. I mean, this is a team that, albeit is 0-4, has gotten better every week, again, with the exception of the Central Michigan game. And you got to, at some point, turn the page. I mean, we are not the New York Jets. We're not the 08 Detroit Lions. Like, this is a very talented football team. And, you know, in a regular season – you can still go 500. You could still find a way to go seven and five, eight and four, or six and six. The COVID year was six games. It's not really possible, but there is a way this weekend to send your seniors off right. And then obviously we have Eastern Michigan, which I, from the beginning, thought was the most winnable game on our schedule. So if we can grab a win here and a win against Eastern Michigan, that's best case scenario going into spring practice. And that's going to give those guys all the confidence in the world because there's a lot of good quality players leaving the Mac via the draft or, or graduation this year. I know Patterson will be done. Caleb Huntley, I'm pretty sure will be gone. Tony Nunn will be gone. There's a lot of good players in the Mac that are going to be leaving. Obviously we expect these teams to fill those shoes, but it's, It's definitely a time for a changing of the guard. And as one of the teams that has essentially run the Mac for the last 20 or 10 to 20 years, it's time for us to get it back. Absolutely. It starts this week, 1-0 against Toledo, 2-0 against Eastern Michigan, and the momentum will ride itself into next football season. This team has so much talent. There's a lot of people that know that. Uh, I think it's time for the haters to just drop off if they think that this team isn't going to be successful next year because we've seen – Every game this so far this season, we've talked to Coach Hammock week in and week out. We've talked to the players week in and week out. They know what kind of team this. We know what kind of team this is. They know what team they kind of they have in the locker room. What they put out each week is something that they strive to work hard and prepare for each and every week. And I, I don't think that there's really any like lack of preparation or or anything like that. I think that this team is just young. You give them the chance to work out all off season in the weight room. And even just getting better on the football field, like I said, this team will be completely different next year, and I'm already looking forward to next fall. Myself as well, but again, like you said, starts this weekend. Got to be 1-0 and against Toledo. And, you know, with that being said, that'll wrap up the football coverage here for this episode. But tonight there was a basketball game. Unfortunately, we were not able to attend Got a lot of stuff going on with finals week. I'm actually back at my aunt's house. I'm taking care of my grandfather this week. Beat on the nurse. Definitely in way over my head. But I was able to tune into tonight's basketball game for a little bit. And, I mean, first and foremost, we played backup SIU. We didn't even play the real Southern Illinois. We played Southern Illinois Edwardsville. And at no point tonight did we even have the lead. So it started with the 6-0 run by SIU, and it was off to the races. The final score for tonight's basketball game was 73-53, and the Huskies finished shooting 40% from the field, 
good for 21 of 52 on the night, two of 14 from three point land. And one thing that we don't talk about enough when we, you know, when we talk about college basketball is the importance of free throw making. So the Huskies this evening shot free throws at an abysmal rate. The Huskies made nine free throws on 17 attempts. And that simply, folks, is just not winning basketball. Yeah, between that stat and looking at shooting two of 14 from beyond the arc, I mean, that is not great. I think there's a lot of work to be done with this NIU basketball team. Looking at the box score, they definitely got outplayed in the first half. They put up more points than SIU did in the first half and the second half, so a a much stronger second half. Um, Going into this game, NIU was nine-point favorites. Nine-point favorites, and they lost by 20. So don't know if that was just like uh, maybe, you know, they overlooked SIU. They have a huge matchup against Pittsburgh on Saturday. So, like I said, don't know if this was just an overlooked game. I really hope that Coach Montgomery gets this team back together after this because, like I said, they have a huge matchup coming up on Saturday against Pittsburgh, an ACC opponent on the road going to Pitt. So huge matchup. This team, maybe they needed uh, these two losses to really kick themselves into high gear, but It'll be an interesting game against Pittsburgh on Saturday. Yeah, and from what I saw, I don't even think that game's going to be broadcasted. We'll post about it if, or we'll post and let you guys know. It is if on the ACC network. It is? Okay. When I saw the original graphic from NIU basketball, I did not see a network with it, so that's good. But, yeah, non-conference not going so well, and not to, you know, ruin it for anyone, but... Jason Preston and Ohio look phenomenal. They brought Illinois down to the wire on Saturday and were a bucket away from winning that game. Jason Preston, absolutely an amazing story for a kid to defeat all odds and be, you know, at the level that he is at Ohio. And then Justin Turner over at Bowling Green. I mean, there's just quality players here in the MAC that can compete night in and night out. And the one thing that this Huskies team is really missing is that one volume score. I mean, I know we're we're still trying to kind of find who that guy is, whether it's going to be Darius Bean, whether it's going to be Tyler Cochran or Trenton Hankerson. And right now, you know, it's early in the season. The guys have plenty of time to rally and kind of figure out their rhythm as a team and their chemistry. But that's a tough game against, you know, a Big East opponent here on Saturday. So we'll... We'll definitely see where they're at, but, you know, tonight's performance is something that after the way they played in the second half against UIC was probably worst case scenario for this team. Right. And I'm, like I said, you've got two huge opponents looking ahead. You've got Pitt on Saturday and then going ahead the next Sunday, you're traveling to the number three team in the country in Iowa, where they probably have the number one college basketball player right now. So, um, it's it's two really big games for this NIU basketball team. It's two games that really kind of worry me after these first two games. It's it's going to be a long week of practice trying to get this team back right together. I think looking back at it, Cochran had 15, I think, tonight, and uh, Darius Bean was second with 13. So uh, Cochran and Bean were your two leading scorers tonight. Cochran shooting 7 of 16 from the field. Bean shooting 50% at 5 of 10. Six boards for Beans tonight, so I think all these guys are, you know, they're all around, but like you said, we just got to find that one score. Last year, it was Eugene German. He's gone this year. It it really kind of a, a rebuild 
in a way for the basketball team too. I think you've got three guys coming back from last year's starting five and two new guys. So definitely a new team. Coach Montgomery's just got to get this team right. And there's two really big matchups ahead of them. Yeah. It's an opportunity to showcase what you got against the power fives. And, you know, as it's, as it's starting out, you know, Tyler Cochran, even though, if I'm not mistaken, he's been coming off the bench, seems to be that guy who can score at volume for the Huskies. I know we saw some great plays from Caleb Thornton last week. And then Trenton Hankerson as well. Kind of the, you know, the elder statesman, the vet on the team. So we'll see uh, what happens with this team moving forward. Obviously, with this year, the non-conference, well, with any year, to be honest, because if we don't win the MAC, we're probably not going to the tournament. I don't know exactly how the tournament works out in this COVID year, but the goal is to win the MAC. So, although we don't want to lose games, if you know these two games can be looked at in any positive way, it's a learning experience to get us ready for conference play because you know that's going to be a battle this year. And I think too, it's still an adjustment to these guys. I mean, we were there last week and. I've never really watched a basketball game in an empty arena before. So I think that there's still some things to adjust there as well. Um, It's definitely a weird year. Definitely weird not seeing any fans in the, in the convo this year, but this team just has to rally, figure out a way to, to get a win. And it's just the same as football. Want to know each game. Yeah. That's the one thing that I talked about in the press conference, because if you remember the UIC bench was so damn loud, they were just the loudest. They were like a, a youth softball team, bro, where they were just screaming and doing yep. their songs and doing their chants and their dances and all that. And I asked Tyler Cochran about it in the press conference. I was like, why was our bench not making noise? Or like, how can we, you know, be like that in future games, bring their own juice to the bench and their own energy. And, you know, it was weird because in an empty gym, I thought all we were going to hear all night was coach Monty and, I can usually hear him in, in a full gym. I'm surprised we didn't hear more of him the night we were out there at the convo. But, yeah, I just uh, – I, I feel like this team has a little bit of soul-searching to do. And, you know, to their benefit, it's, it's not a six-game season. So you have plenty of time to fig- – well, not plenty of time to figure it out, but a little bit more time to figure it out and hit your rhythm. Agreed. And there's two really big games to find – or to, you know, get that opportunity, like you said, to – finally start you know getting that win and there's two really big opponents with really big opportunities to get that statement win early in the season college basketball is really weird you you're talking going from college football where things can change in one week where number one can get knocked off and they're still number one the next week so definitely college basketball is a little bit weirder I haven't really followed it as much until like February or March but you know with NIU being so close to that MAC championship last year the MAC conference last year you know I definitely try to keep an eye on them but it's a tough start to the basketball season, but there's always a chance to improve. Last year was so electric, but yeah, I, I'm i just ready for the rebuild of all of our sports, for our students and ourselves to get back into a classroom and things to get back to normal. But do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for our listeners today? I think, like you said, we're both really excited to see what the rebuilds will look like. The football one stops today because we're going to win this game on Saturday against Toledo at home, last home game of the season. It's really going to kickstart what 2021 will look like for this Huskies football team. And as far as the basketball team goes, we're two games in. Coach Montgomery's a great basketball coach, and these guys know what they what they need to do to get better. 
yeah, 1-0 every week. Basketball got a couple more games this week, but let's try and find a way to get a win against Pittsburgh. And then obviously that mecca of a matchup against Iowa, the toughest game on the schedule for this season. But as far as football goes, we got Toledo on the docket this week. Got to find a way to win a football game. Got to find a way to go 1-0 this week. But before you hit the pause button or you swipe off on your phone and, and, you know, you send us off into the shadow realm and you're done listening to us for the day, check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code ONTAP. You'll receive 20% off your Manscaped order and you will get free shipping on that order. Perfect for the holiday season. Perfect for some stocking stuffers. Plenty of great products, but we got nothing else for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I can be found on Twitter at BDON300, and Ethan can be found at Ethan underscore Wiles10. Our main account is at Huskies on Tap. We are on Twitter, and we are on Instagram as well. But we got nothing else for you guys today. We'll be back on Saturday after a couple of victories, and go Huskies. Yeah. I got drink of living left in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drink living lips. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. The, they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in heart away.